Attention men, are you wanting to break free from porn or other unwanted sexual behaviors, but finding it seemingly impossible to quit? If so, we can help. My name is Jonathan Darty, the founder of Gateway to Freedom. This three-day workshop is for any man who wants to overcome any kind of unwanted sexual behavior. So whether you're married, single, or divorced, this powerful and proven intensive weekend will help you uncover what is at the root of your struggle and discover the man God always created you to be. Space is limited, so call us today at 210-822-8201 to register. That's 210-822-8201 or visit bebroken.org slash gtf. Good day, listeners. Welcome to this edition of the Pure Sex Radio program. We're so glad to have you here with us. My name is Jonathan, and I'm sitting next to my buddy, Stephen Cervantes. So how are you doing today? I am blessed. I'm glad to be here, alive and excited. Yeah, well, when we're recording this is uh, about the middle of October, and it's finally starting to feel like fall around Ooh. here. And uh, I have one of my friends that... Um, uh, she and her husband, we all went to college together, and so we've known them for a long, long time, and they're just hilarious. And, and one of her sons came up to her and uh, and said, Mom, fall in Texas has commitment issues. Because, you know, <laughs> you'll have this you have a day that start, it starts to get cool, and then, you know, it's like 95 degrees <laughs> the next right. couple days. So I love that. But that, it's finally starting good. to feel like maybe we're getting there. Maybe it's starting to get cool. So That is good. All right, Stephen. We need to talk about men. Yeah. Let's talk yeah. about men. Chest bum oomph. Yeah, guy, <laughs> you know. So what are we going to talk about oh, men? <laughs> oh, we got to talk. You, you, that was a handoff. I missed it. So a lot of times, you know, in our conversations, we ask guys permission to share a few thoughts. This guy was kind of rambling and sharing thoughts and talking about where he'd been. He'd been doing sexual integrity work for a year. And he started making some comments. I said, oh, wait, wait a minute. Let me write those down. These gateway guys are phenomenal. They, they're, mm-hmm. they are so ready to say, share it. We never share names, but share my story. Share my struggle. Share my progress and my growth. Share it. Yeah. It's going to bless a brother who's in the pit. When I'm coming out of the pit, we'll pass it back to the guy in the pit. You know, you don't have to live in the pit. So he says, I've been clean one year. Which is freaking exciting. That's huge. You know That's what I mean? awesome. Yeah. Just think that one year of fighting the battle, getting up, doing good, then you fall down, fall on your face, throw a fit, rebel. You get back up. You clean yourself up again. You get back in the fight. You do your your group and accountability. It's like crazy. The first year is like crazy insanity. Why am I doing? Do I want to do it? I've been doing this other thing for 20 years. Can I go back? I mean, it's just crazy. The first mm-hmm. year is crazy. If you make it through the first year, you know what they say in AA, don't even open your mouth for the first 90 days, three months. Don't open your mouth. You got nothing to say. You're crazy. You know, whatever you're saying is, I got the solution. I can fix it. I can tell you. It's like, okay, shut up and, and dig deeper. Shut up and dig deeper. So after a year of doing work, the lights come on, the brain settles down, the aha moments, and now you're working not just behaviorally, you're really digging in deep. Yeah. 
And I think one of the keys to that is I was just, uh, we've been going through uh, Gerald May's book, Addiction and Grace, in, okay. our, in, our, group, in our support group. Mm. And I, I love that book. It's one of my all-time mm. favorites. It's, uh, but one of the things he talks about in there is just how even biologically uh, our, our bodies crave balance. So anytime there is something introduced, you know, whether it be an illness or whether it be a hyperactivity of, of chemicals or whatever, there's going to be a counteractivity that's going to go on in the body to try to compensate for that or to try to address that. Yeah. And so I think what happens is you've basically got this person that through pornography, or whatever, they have been over, they've been imbalancing even their biology. and all that. Right? And so I think what happens over that first year mm-hmm. is that all that chaos and all the recovery work and all those difficult things is starting to bring back into balance, like even that's biology. Good. That's right. And so I think that's why yeah. that year marker is such a huge piece because it can take that long for some of those balance issues to come back. Right. And when you, if you have a 20 year struggle, really, are you done in a month? Right. Are you done in three months? Really, it took 20 years. You're done in six months. No, I think you better think year. Just get on a program and work for a year. Because mm-hmm. then on the other side of doing this work, the lights come on, the mind cooperates, the inside, the hearing is better. I mean, everything. So, you know what the first thing he said was so significant? He said, I stopped blaming myself, tearing me up, criticizing me, trashing me. I just stopped tearing me up. Mm. Yeah, it makes me think of like, that's that's typically uh, shame driving that. Yes. Right. Um, and the, you know, I can I can already hear people out there, even maybe some wives out there that are going, you know, but what he did is his fault. So there can be a sense of like, but isn't isn't blame if it's accurate, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, but I think what I hear in this, and maybe if I could try yeah, to extrapolate yeah. a little bit of what he's saying as somebody who comes from that world myself, oh. is I think that what this guy is trying to say about, I'm no longer blaming me. You could maybe even state it, I'm no longer shaming me. Yes, and trashing me and demeaning me yeah. and hating on me. This is not saying, I'm not saying that I did any of the things that I did. Right. Right. He's not no, saying that. Right. He's, not, he's not. He's not abdicating responsibility yeah, for the decisions that he took. It. But there's a difference between taking responsibility and trashing yourself yeah. for what you did. That's right. That's right. And so, how do you give up a little terrible pleasure if? You have to go back to just trashing yourself. I mean, mm-hmm. trashing yourself and escaping go together, right? Yeah. And when you stop trashing yourself, then you loosen the need to go and escape from yourself. Mm-hmm. So that's why he was saying that. The the engine, the fuel, the me being critical of me, I live with me, I torment me, blame me, shame me. Hey, that engine is not driving the core anymore. And the interesting thing about it is not that there isn't an element of recovery that you've got to take an honest look at yourself, right? But that kind of trashing and shaming and blaming is keeping an unhealthy focus on yourself, right? Yes, it is. Keeping an unhealthy focus. It's too much you consume with you. But, 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 but I would add most of these guys hate to be alone. Mm-hmm. 
Because why? You sit there with all that. You're yeah. going to beat yourself. You're going to remember what you did wrong and how bad and stupid these voices and memories, right? You, this That's why I call it the engine of the soul is torment and blame and shame. You got to run from that, mm-hmm. right? Or quiet it. So he said, spiritually, I'm free from sin and the death that goes with sin. So, I mean, I'm doing some emotional work, this guy says. I'm doing some spiritual work. I confess to God, my brothers, my wife, my church, to other men. I just confessed. And I found freedom Mm -hmm. from the trap. Sin and death. Sin and death. Sin and death. Yeah. And that's just it. It's like, as you're saying that, especially the confession piece, I think um, there's this kind of grand aha moment that happens for the person that that honestly enters recovery and that is oh darkness secrecy lies that was killing me yeah there's freedom in the light yes now yes. I, I i'm always quick to say freedom in the light does not equal comfortable mm. <laughs> In other words, I think sometimes people say, oh, so when I come into the light, like things get easy and it's comfortable. And it's like, no, no, no. Freedom does not always mean you're comfortable, but freedom means you're no longer in hiding. You're no longer bound up by that shame or the lies or the deception of it. Yes, and freedom means you're past something that was killing you, right? Freedom to live, freedom to engage versus stuck, not free, enmeshed, in 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 uh, what's another n word here? <laughs> Enmeshed and engaged, and you know, all woven together. I'm free of that. Twenty year. Remember that first. Acting out second, torment yourself first. Go act out second. If you stop the first one, you got a better chance to battle the second one. Right. But if you don't stop the first one, you just can hold on and wait. And then you wonder, why did that guy fall out? He did good for two months. Well, the torment was still going on. Mm-hmm. Right? And he sat on it. He quieted. He printed what pretended wasn't there. And then, boom. You see this with a lot of people that have tormented. You see church leaders. They talk good. They love G, read their Bible. And, boom, the bottom drops out. Why? The torment was still down there. Right? right? So... He goes on, he says, I am looking at me differently. I'm not going to torment me. How am I going to treat me? What am I going to think about me? Mm-hmm. If I don't hate on me all the time, well, what should I be thinking? What's healthy thinking? You know, it is your, as you're saying that, the, the reason I'm kind of smiling over here is because I'm thinking, I can hear from heaven Mm. This this like mm. sound from God of like yes you're you're getting it <laughs> you're like realizing you're now going to start seeing yourself from my perspective because I don't shame you I don't <sighs> I don't trash you I, love I don't that. I, I died for you I That's right. I gave my life for you and so I think there's this release that can happen because it's like well how am I supposed to look at myself now and it's almost like I can hear God saying hey hey I got an idea. <laughs> I love that. Let me tell you how you can see yourself. Let me show you how I see you. Yeah, yeah, I made you. I know you. I know you better than you know you. Hey, how about looking at you like I see you? Yeah. I love that. 
I love that. That's fabulous. And he also took it a step further. He says, I am now seeing other men with new eyes Mm. because I see men walking around being tormented. Listen to their language. Watch their behaviors. See how well they can engage difficult issues and stay present. He said, I'm looking at men and asking, are you in the torment? Are you free? Mm-hmm. Are you in the torment? Are you free? You got peace and joy and rest? Freedom. Well, what I love about this is how how the freedom that he is experiencing is literally changing how he sees everything. Yes. I mean, think about it for a second. When when we're in the torment, when we're in the addiction, when we're in the blindness of that, mm. you're... Mm-hmm. you're you're not really seeing anybody else but yourself, right? I mean, like, and and That's usually true. the only thing you're seeing about others is how can I essentially use them to get whatever I want, or how can I manipulate, or you or know, sort of fit in, or or be close enough to you to, to look like, right? You're always on. But the I'm not outside. present with them. No. I'm not looking to them in a way that says, "Hey, no. could I help them, or could I could I learn something from no. them?" He said, "I have a new perspective." And the word is possibility. Mm. If I'm not stuck, what is possible? Mm. If I'm not bound, if I'm not going to torment me today, what, 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 what am I made for? What's the possibility? Why are you here? What, what could we do together? What could happen that I could never see before? Well, when you think about that back through the God perspective, you know, mm. Ephesians 3.20 tells us that, that God is the one that can do beyond what we can think or even imagine. Oh, that's good. So when we think about possibilities from that perspective, it's like, oh my goodness, you know, the old phrase, the world is your oyster. <laughs> like yeah. the possibilities yeah. for good and light and hope and joy, it's like they're endless. He said, I am free of a 20-year addiction. Wow. I am free of what's what glommed onto me, held onto me. 20 years. 20 years. Think about how many days, how many mornings he got up, how many nights he went to bed, how many days he carried this torment. Mm-hmm. 20 years. What, what happens to a man when he's lost in a 20-year torment? Run. Torment, hide. Torment, pretend. Torment, you know, get away, escape. What, what what happens? You know, what I think comes there's a mind? well. The thing, the first thing that came to my mind was, I think what happens is there's a there's a withered and weary soul. Yeah, yeah, like, and probably in some ways a withered and weary body too. I mean, because those things go together. Yeah. I, I I just I sense there's just a fatigue at a very deep level because when you're in that kind of bondage and you're trapped for that long. Mm. Um, it's kind of like your 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 life energy just kind of gets sapped from you. And I'm thinking, if you've done 20 years of not being present and working on skills, if you've done 20 years of running away, you're you're sort of stunted. Yeah. And most yeah. of these guys, when you peel back the addiction, you see a scared boy that's not well equipped to mm-hmm. deal with life and the heartache. He hasn't been practiced 
discipline, maturity, insight, growth, development for that's 20 true, yeah. years. He has been stunted. You know, that's sort of sad. Mm-hmm. So he said, I have never loved well. I haven't known love. I haven't loved me. I haven't loved my wife. I haven't loved others. I have not known love. Well, you know, when I think about that, you know, we talked on a previous broadcast about how we are fundamentally designed to be known and loved. Mm-hmm. And, like, and love is our design. We were made for love. We were made to love. And it it kind of makes me think there is a very real enemy that wants to prevent that purpose from being fulfilled in each of our mm. lives. So think about what better vehicle for sort of killing that in a human being than addiction. Wow. I mean, addiction is a love killer. Mm. So if you think about it, I think that's a, that's a real weapon in the enemy's hands of get people addicted to anything. That's right. And you're going to kill love in them. Hmm. One day at a time, I practice this skill. Don't blame me. Don't shame me. Don't torment me. Embrace freedom. Mm -hmm. Repeat, free, free. I am free. I've been set free. Don't do these and instead do this. Yeah, you know the way the picture that comes to my mind because this is something that I had to, I had to really learn early on in my recovery, and and it's something I still have to come back to over and over again is that the freedom that we have been given from our addiction through our relationship with Christ is not a freedom that detaches us. Mm. It's actually a freedom that attaches us to. The person of Jesus. Mm. In other words, it's like, you know, we're told in the scriptures that, you know, when I was when I was apart from Christ, I was a slave to my sin, right? Yeah. But now what does he say about the freedom that I have being with Christ? I'm a slave of Christ. So it's actually I'm I'm more free the more attached I am to mm. Jesus. I think sometimes we think of freedom as like I'm totally detached. I'm totally, you yeah. know, on my own. And it's like, no, no, that's, that's a nightmare. <laughs> that's, I think part of what addiction is, is like, you're trying to be totally quote unquote free to yourself and free on your own. And it's like, it leads to bondage. So I think mm-hmm. freedom is more about the, you know, when he says here, uh, no more shame, no more blaming. I'm going to talk about freedom. Well, where does that come? It's like, mm. we're told that there's no condemnation for those right. who are in Christ Jesus. That's right. So it's like, I want to be more and more in him Yes. And that's, I'll be more, in other words, the way I think of it is I'm more free the more I'm like yoked to Jesus. Right. And working his program and living his design and understanding what I was made for and made to be, right? My freedom comes in that purpose, Mm -hmm. not in the little sneaking and filling and taking that I do. He said, slowly, ever so slowly, peace keeps seeking seeping into me peace is seeping into areas where it's never been P- peace is is seeping into my heart my mind and my soul peace 
is showing up. Mm-hmm. And I think this is important for for anybody out there listening, especially for the men that we're trying to talk to here. Yes. That are maybe currently even in some kind of recovery program, but you're feeling like peace is elusive. Mm. Because I think I've I've man been in my own recovery journey for 21 years and I've seen I've been in many recovery recovery environments and everything. And so often what I've seen is that guys come into recovery and they just trade the um, the treadmill of addiction for the treadmill of recovery. Yes. They're they're quote unquote working a program, but not really fully working it to where there's now rest in their soul. Mm-hmm. They're just as restless as they were before. And what I hear this guy saying is, you know what, as I've really been engaging freedom and understanding what it is to truly be free from my addiction, I've got rest. Like mm. I'm not churning. No, I'm not thinking right. that my worth is now based on how well I do in recovery. It's like yeah. I've got a sense of value and worth that comes from my creator. That's funny. I don't become a recovery addict, right? Yeah. That's not the new solution. It's right. to move it over here. He said, this is a funny thing for me to say, but I can't get angry anymore. I used to get angry so easily and so fast. And I needed was- to work his program because... <laughs> He said, I just can't get angry when I see men in torment and remind yeah. myself. And anger was my tool to push everybody away. It's like, I I can't get angry. It's funny, I can't get angry anymore. Is that good? I'm not there yet. So, <laughs> yeah. I, one of the things I, I think I would take away from this, though, is... Um, I think it is important to distinguish maybe the difference between anger and passion, mm. you know, because I think okay. some guys have only thought that the the only way they can express an emotion is is in an angry way. No. So I like the fact that there has been a calming in this guy's spirit to where now Amen. since he's got new eyes yeah. and he's seeing things through this grid of like freedom and grace and yes. love that now I feel like what this means is I can see with a new kind of empathy towards mm, others. That's good. Uh, angry is anger is often still about like my kingdom and I want my kingdom to reign and I want my kingdom to be ruled in the way I want it and you're violating that and so now I'm going to be yeah. angry. I think when you get sort of God's kingdom perspective, the things that are going to move you are going to be different, you know? You're not going to get so upset about mm-hmm. petty things. But before everybody gets excited, there are two challenges. Okay. He said, my wife still feels hurt mm. after all this time. Yeah. And something happens and she lashes out at me. And it's hard to take that lashing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, think about it. You know, even when you're going through this process of finding freedom from your addiction and you're not acting out in those ways before and you're not shaming, um, there's damage that has been done because of your actions and you can't ignore or pretend that those things didn't happen and that there's not real pain there. And so there's certainly going to be amends that need to be made and there's going to be anger toward you that you're going to have to address and and learn how to work through. So if I'm honest, I have to admit my emotional skills are limited And there's one thing that scares me, and it's four words. We need to talk. 
<laughs> we need to talk. We need to talk. Oh, we better wow. set aside some time tonight. Now this or, is still this is still dinner. under one of the two challenges. We're under marriage, right? That's We're still right. talking. This there is you still go. under the challenge of marriage. And he said, when I hear those words, I surge with fear. I'm afraid of emotional encounters because what I've learned is I have a, a small emotional toolbox. You know, like the little kid, uh, yeah. junior-sized <laughs> toolbox. My wife shows up. She rolls in this four-drawer, large, <laughs> heavy-duty toolbox, and I show up my little plastic tool set, and we're going we're gonna to work on something. Yeah. Hey, I mean, that's just it. Roll up your sleeves, <laughs> you know. Dig around in her toolbox, you know. If, yeah. she, if she's got the tools, use them. So, so, but this takes a twist because I just said that off what he said. He said, my wife was wounded growing mm. up, and she's emotionally stunted too. Mm-hmm. She has limitations. And talking is hard for her, and talking is hard for me. And I broke trust on top of that. Yeah, that's a lot of challenges there. But but with all that said, I think whatever steps are taken towards pursuing those mm-hmm. conversations and pursuing working on that trust are positive moves. That's good steps to that's take. That's right. You don't have to, in the same way that it's like, okay, we're talking about, hey, if you had a 20-year problem and you think a month is going to, Right. Same thing with communication and rebuilding trust and, and healing those yes. wounds. It's going to take time. So I'm talking about challenge one where I have to go out beyond myself. I told you about myself, but I have to go out beyond myself. I find this relationship is exhausting because between her hurt and my ignorance, not knowing there's little nurturing and affirming that goes on in this marriage. Mm-hmm. But this is one of those cases, and I don't, I, I don't mean to sound harsh here at all, but um, I say this in all love and, and kindness, is uh, we, we have to be careful of forming similar kinds of excuses that we did in our addiction. In other words... Mm. Think of all the rationalizations that are used over 20 years of building a sex addiction. Okay. It's rational. I mean, in, in the in the mind of the addict, it's it's a rationalized, oh, this makes sense. I have to do this because, okay, X, Y, or Z over here isn't working for me, or my wife is this way, or I'm not getting what I want here, and so therefore I'm going to go over here. Yeah. Those are excuses, right? I'm basically making excuses for acting out that way. So when I turn and I start to try to engage in a healthy manner and build a healthy relationship, right. I have to be careful of saying, well, X, Y, Z here. So see, I mean, it's a little affirming. It's not much going on. And, men are, and men are good about going, yeah, you know your wife. Right, uh, yeah. You know your wife. That's the problem. We're not that great at challenging one another going, hey, well, what are you going to do? Why don't you yeah. practice patience? Or get yeah. in the fight. Knock it off. Stop lying. You're lying to me and you. And right to go, yeah, your wife. Yeah. Yeah, you know, your wife. Because, again, if we pan out to the, you know, 30,000-foot view here, what are we looking at? We're looking at a man who had a 20-year addiction. So we already know tons of emotional stuntedness there. Yes. He's one year in to his recovery. <laughs> That's true, yes. So, okay. 
Yeah, is it difficult? Sure. Don't make an excuse. Keep pressing in. Stay dude. in the fight, brother. Stay, stay in the fight. Stay pushing into that. Because yeah. what do you want? Love. I mean, what does she want? Love. What do you want? Love. What does she want? Freedom. What do you want? Freedom. Right. Peace. Joy. Rest. Stay in the fight. Yeah. So he said the second part of this is is hard to admit, but I need to tell the other men that are listening. So many men tell me simple behavioral solutions. Well, just do this or just do that. Or just, I start to tell a problem. They tell me a solution. I mean, and it's like that has stunted me and stunted them. Mm. I wish men didn't always come up with a quick, cheap, fast little solution that's going to save the world. And it doesn't. Right. And I find that frustrating. I need wisdom, maturity. I need spiritual truths, emotional truths. I need to, to know how to heal my pain with my spirit and my emotional self so that my father's there and I'm healing me and healing my wife too. This is one thing that comes up often in uh, support group settings, whether it's a support group I'm leading or when I'm trying to help support group leaders or whatever, is I often tell them, you need to remember the limitations of a support group and what a support group is for. And I'll say, it's for support. <laughs> so the idea I love is that. I've never heard that's brilliant. So in other words, people it's not to, counseling. Yeah, they want it's it not to an be intensive. Everything. It's, not, it's like, what do we need? Can we get together in a group with men and say, Hey, can we walk alongside each other on this yes. journey and just support each other? Yes. It's like I'm not gonna give you all the answers. You're not gonna give me all the answers. That's right. We're gonna talk about our issues. Yeah, there's some truth here and we want to dive into that, but can we just support each other? And I think that's what we need. It's like, I'm not living your life, yeah. but I would like to come alongside you and support yes. you as you, as you discover these things and work them out. And so, so sometimes in group, people think they have to have all the answers, right. right? And when you listen to them, a new guy comes in, the old guy tells them the answer. Another new guy comes in, he's, the old guy says the same answer. He's telling everybody the same thing. Where's the growth here, you know? Mm -hmm. And you can see some groups or sort of repetitive and behavioral, but they're not deep. And it's like people want greater depth and more patience, more listening, more exploring. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're doing with, for ourselves. That's what our spouses want. That's what our groups need. That's what other men need. Yeah. So I hope this has been a bit helpful. Yeah, so this is basically, we've been able to share with you guys kind of one guy's thoughts yes. on on his journey that he hopes will help some other men yeah. out there. And we hope that that's what's happened here, that this, yeah. that you men out there, you've taken some of this and hopefully you will run with it and, and continue to pursue growth and, and healing in your own journey. Yeah. Um, and of course, we're here to help. Please reach out to us if you have questions or just want some more help along your journey. Um, but thanks for being with us, and we look forward to seeing you back here again next time on the Pure Sex Radio program. And you're a good man. Amen. Adios. Take care. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.